And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Um, yeah. That's a good way to start a show. DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Thank you, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Is that jerky you are munching on over there? It is. Is there a specific kind? Pork. Pork jerky. Pork jerky. Have you ever had bacon jerky? I'm sure I've asked you this before, but... I mean, isn't bacon itself bacon jerky? That was my question, but apparently they have actual bacon jerky. I don't know what that is, but... Dehydrated bacon? I suppose. But no, no, I've never had dehydrated bacon. Um, Korean barbecue recipe for this pork jerky, it's quite tasty. I am glad. What is the most exotic uh, bird that you have ever put in your mouth? Bird? Well, I suppose animal, really, because pork is not an animal. <clears throat> Nor is it a bird. a bird. No, pork yeah. is an animal. Uh, Pretty yeah, sure. Some meat, I suppose. What is the most exotic meat that you have ever put in your mouth? What do you mean by exotic? <clears throat> um, well, like, have you ever had ostrich? No. You? Uh, no. Rabbit? Mm, no. Yes. You? I've okay. eaten rabbit. Uh, venison? Yes. Duck? No, we talked about that last week. Yes. Um, elk? You've had elk? Yeah. I've not had elk. All right. I'm assuming uh, you've had bison. Yes. <clears throat> How about... Alligator? Yes. Me too. All right. All right. So we're... Looks like we're running neck and neck here. Possum? Squirrel? No. Nope. Nope. Coon. I'm No. That's, wow. Is there, is there a meat that you wouldn't eat? I mean, I probably wouldn't. If we're talking about actually eating, chewing up, putting it in my stomach and digesting it, uh, I would not eat human flesh. If we're just talking about putting it in my mouth, <clears throat> that's a different story. Okay. Took me a minute, but I, I think I followed you. Uh-huh. As you quickly shove pork jerky in your mouth. Um, what if you were, you know, in a situation like those movies of mountain climbers or people who are on the USS X, Essex, like in a situation that called for it, do you think you would be able to resort to cannibalism? Yeah, I think so. Okay. We're here. We might as well just continue to be here. Um what part of a human body would you want to partake in? Like, if you could choose. Well, I mean, I don't know, because I've never, you know... I don't know what, like, are there different types of meat in the human body? Or is there... I would assume so, in the same way that there is, you know... Now, granted, I don't believe we have a tenderloin in the same way that a cow does, but I would presume that the leg and calves would be a little more musclier than is this just am I going to a bad place now should I just stop this conversation it's not like I've really thought about it I'm not secretly admitting to being a cannibal here I'm just saying you know 
Okay. Okay. You're just, gonna, you're, just gonna let, you're just gonna let me drown here, aren't you? You're not gonna throw me throw I mean, me a flotation device to try listen, to get me out of this. I'm I you know, I try to be a good improver. I understand the yes and like I, I understand working, you know, with my partner to to, to build this but I you know, I don't I, I don't know what to do w- with this. Um uh, so you're in a deli and <laughs> am I someone, selling back soup? Am yeah. I selling back soup at the deli? You are selling back soup. Oh at the deli. my goodness. I have not thought about Max in a very long time. Max, if you were listening, which there's no possible way you could be, but uh, that was a terrible suggestion. No matter how many years you kept making it, it wasn't funny. And part of me hated you. <clears throat> All of you hated him. <laughs> All right. Um,. I see now that you are showing me just no mercy whatsoever in terms of my topics. So we I might hate as you well. so much. Oh, come on. That was a great, great segue. That was the worst segue of all time. I don't believe that to be true. I think the worst segue of all time is one where a segue is not made, where you just go, speaking well, of bicycles... Listen. If I am ranking worst segues of all time, well, that one's at the bottom of the list. So therefore, it is the worst uh, segue of all time, according to Doc Manson. This? I'm sorry. Forgive me, Doc Manson. Not Doc Manson. Did Melissa Santos actually wrestle in Lucha Underground? Did you see this? Is this a thing? Don't know. Haven't watched. No, haven't watched. I saw a tweet that said that Melissa Santos was wrestling, and that just. That's you know it's not unheard of for ring announcers to wrestle. Howard Finkel did it all the time, but that's yeah, it. I don't know what's going on with me and Lucha Underground. I feel like there's was just it's not just bad press, but they took that long break and that's what where, did it. That's what well, did it. It was the break combined with all the bad press because it, <clears throat> at some point in there, you know, their deal with AAA kind of. I don't know exactly what's going on with it. I guess that deal is still fine, but AAA lost a bunch of talent. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the guys who are real prominent in Lucha Underground, who were in that title picture, sounds like they're gone and probably will therefore will not be back in Lucha Underground. And I, I don't know. Like I'm just like, I, I don't see... Knowing that season three was pre-recorded, I just don't see like a, a viable path forward for a season four. That has somehow made me less inclined to watch it, I guess. Have they announced I, a season four, or is that still up in the air? I th- I don't think they've announced it, but, you know. Because that would be awkward if, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're watching something and you know they're coming to the end the end. Like, I'm also just sort of wondering, like, obviously what they filmed is not the end the end. They haven't announced the season four, and, like... I don't want to go into spoiler territory or anything, but I'm pretty sure their champion at the end of season three is no longer with that company. So I, I, I don't know. There's just something about it that I'm just like, I, it, the appeal has waned, I, I guess, despite the fact that when I do watch it, I still do feel like it gives me a solid hour of television, a mm-hmm. solid hour of wrestling a week. Um, but 
I don't know. My desire to watch it definitely is diminished. Well, five hours ago, a report was released on the website Fightful, which you can take that with a huge shaker of salt since I've never heard of it before. But it, this is a recent thing. The Wrestler Observer, that would be Dave Meltzer, saying that the possibility of another season is appearing less and less likely to happen um, as the company that has funded the last two seasons isn't too keen on doing another one. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I suppose that could be the problem because El Rey is just the host. So somebody's got to be willing to to take that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be a shame because, you know, Lucha Underground for a long time um, offered people kind of a ray of hope that, you know, there was something new out there for people to latch on to. So the fact that if it's not going to be a thing, that is a shame. That is a shame. And I know people would say, well, well, you can watch other things. You could watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, but... I canceled my subscription. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the air, but I canceled my subscription. uh, Just because with school starting, like, I watched the G1, but even that was, you know, got to be a little much. But I watched some of that, and it was good, and I liked New Japan. But the fact that they don't have programming on regularly and it's ten dollars a month and i there i think the entire second you know i don't remember if it was august or whatever but there was a long time where i even forgot that i had the subscription and i was just like do i want to spend another ten dollars a month on this when i'm not going to watch it as much and i just decide you know there might come a time where i'll get it again but i enjoyed it but again i think it's that whole you know when you've watched something for going on 25 years now, it's got its hooks into you. And, you know, I'm happy enough watching WWE. And even that, again, freely admission, I know Chris Hawk hates when I say this, I, I, I don't have the ability to watch her on SmackDown except on YouTube right now. But I'm still a perfectly happy wrestling fan looking forward to a pay-per-view this Sunday because it feels like it's been a long time since we've had one. Yeah, it does feel that way. Um, before we get into that, we, we are recording as, as we usually do on Thursday, which means it's been about five days now um, since Sunday, which is, I believe, when Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away. Um, countless other podcasts. Yes, you can count on your fingers. That's five to Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm counting Sunday. Well, Sunday to Monday news. is one day, so to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday is four days. Fine. Regardless, I That's still That's why feel I'm counting. Like just, you called it like... out. You could have just let it go. I counted on my hand. I didn't say anything out loud. I decided internally that I wasn't going to say anything. You made this happen. You did this. This is a very Heenan thing for you to do, is to is to now blame me for this. I thought it was appropriate. I... Yes, so it has been four or five days, depending on how you look at a calendar. Um, Since then, lots of podcasts have offered their own tributes. However, let's take a few minutes. Uh, It was a gut punch at first, and then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, it's not... What? What are you looking at me like that for? A gut punch at first? It was shocking. I didn't know if you... Shocking? Shocking. An extremely old man 
who was in extremely poor health for several years. Was shocking that he passed away. Okay, maybe shocking was not, not it was startling. Can I be startled? Or will you will you allow no. me the privilege of being startled? I don't think there was a jump scare involved. I don't think your adrenaline was flowing because you were suddenly scared into a fight or flight response. Listen, this is again, you're the one who says I can't feel pride towards a wrestler that I don't know. So I'm going to hold you now to using the appropriate verbs when you talk about how you're emoting regarding the passing of one Bobby the Brain Heenan. I want to get to the core of this. I want to get into the cockles of that heart of yours, and I want to know what the true feelings were. We need to get to that that crispy nugget that crispy little 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 nugget filled with goo. When you bite into it, there's just that creamy filling. And I want to know what that creamy filling tastes like, DC Matthews. What does your cream taste like? This turned oddly sexual. That happens. I'm I'm a bad improver. <laughs> no, it's I, I think it's I think our improvisation is great, which is why so many people Thousands of people listen to us on a weekly basis. Hundreds of thousands of people. If you count listen, each person listening to each individual word as a single person. If you add all that together. I was Literally sent, tens of people. Literally I, tens. I was saddened to hear that Bobby the Brain had passed away. And as I thought about it, I realized that my sadness is not just because of his death, but it is because arguably the greatest mouth in professional wrestling. You can say maybe Heyman, you can say Jim Ross, you can say John Cena, but one of the greatest... Uh, mo no, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Am I going to be able to get through this with you agreeing with anything I am saying seems unlikely continue <laughs> um someone who was who was as esteemed a talker as he was spent the last years of his life unable to do so, so yeah you know the other thing i actually I, I do want to just sort of throw out there you say bobby the brain heenan was an esteemed talker and he, that he certainly was um but you know the other thing that i think was interesting about him was he, he was physical as well. He would occasionally get into the ring. He had some, you know, physical sort of interactions with wrestlers. He certainly had a brand of physical comedy that he partook in as well. So I actually, I think it's really sort of interesting that, you know, his talents did go beyond his ability to speak. And I think that helped, you know, make him more special than, than just, than just yes. someone who was just a good talker. No. He he could he did just about everything. He was a manager. He was a commentator. He was a wrestler, and not just you know wrestling in weasel suit matches or doing the mix you know the six man tag where he'd be in there for ten seconds and then the second his opponent got any sort of offense in, he would dive for the corner to try to get out of the ring. You know he actually was a wrestler. The problem was most of that wrestling experience happened before WWF. So most people aren't as familiar with it, but you're right. He was a he was an elite talent in the wrestling business, and you know his Hall of Fame speech is difficult to listen to just because that's part of it. 
and then it got worse. Like the picture, you want to talk about shocking and heartbreaking. The pictures of him during those last years of his life was just terrible. You know, because he had his, whether it was his lower jaw or more, you know, he had parts of his body removed in order to, you know, try to fight this cancer that he had. And it was just, it's a shame because he could have had, you know, we could have had him coming out to do guest commentary spots, you know. All I mean, I will say, I think his Hall of Fame acceptance speech is one of the most genuinely touching moments oh, it possibly is. of all time. I've watched him just the last few minutes where he says he wishes Monsoon was here. That's and like the part voice, I'm thinking of. His voice cracks when he says it, and it's just like... Yeah. 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 So... My, you know, both of our love of Bobby the Brain is is evident to the tens and tens of people who listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, you once you know. asked me who I would put on a uh, Mount Rushmore of wrestling, and, and I, yes, you know, that was in the context of the Undertaker uh, retiring, and I and I think I said, you know, Undertaker is the Mount Everest of wrestling as opposed to Mount Rushmore, but you know, I do think that Bobby the Brain Heenan very well could be on a Mount Rushmore of wrestling. I know he's not a strictly a wrestler, which is what a lot of people think of, but when I think about the big personalities in this business, when I think back to people, you know, I mean, strangely enough, I mean, not strangely, but it's not uncommon for someone to think, oh, 80s wrestling, oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan, you know what I mean? But I think, honestly, a lot of people, if they really sat and thought about it, totally would have a memory of Bobby the Brain Heenan as well. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of people knew and enjoyed his particular shtick. Absolutely. I, absolutely. He was, you know, unless you were watching in that era, like if you were growing up a Hulkamaniac, like a serious Hulkamaniac, and, you know, you hated Bobby Heenan because he was always trying to defeat Hulk Hogan. But even then. Like, even then, was, I think he would appreciate him. He was just hilarious. Um, when you think of wrestling managers, I, I tweeted this out. There was a lot of back and forth. People didn't like my answers all too much, but what else is new? If you had to make a Mount Rushmore just of managers, could you name, like, who would be the four names that come to your mind? All right. Um, <clears throat> all right. Um, what was the name of that guy with the hat? Mr. Fuji? Nope. Um, he was with... Um, hmm, he had the white suit. He was like Cuban. He had the feather in the hat. Armando Alejandro yeah. Estrada. He's one. Um, the second one <laughs> would be... Oh, uh, man. That is a name I have. Not, I am just... I'm always just a little proud. When I can just pull that, I'm like, I haven't thought of that guy in a while. And you're like, oh, he was Cuban. And I'm like, oh, yes. Ooh, my God. Yeah, that's who he was with. Um, who was the guy who was with the primetime players when they first started? Abraham Washington. Yeah, yeah, he's up there, too. Um, you are not. Davari is probably not on the list. This seriously, again. Well, what, what's your list of managers? Bobby Heenan. Uh, Jim Cornette, I think I said Miss Elizabeth and Sensational Sherry. Those were that's my a good list. That's a good. And list. I was told that you know actually no, a lot of people didn't like my list. They were like, you didn't mention Paul Heyman, you didn't mention Gary Hart, who I don't even know. You didn't mention Jimmy Hart. 
Um, the one thing I will say, I don't remember who said it, but they were like, Miss Elizabeth was more of a valet than a manager. And if you're going to make that distinction, fine. But, oh, the big one I missed, and I, I do feel bad about this. I, I didn't put Paul Bear on that list, and he might need to Yeah, be Paul Bearer probably would be on my list as well as Bobby the Abraham Brady. Washington. Well, yeah, I mean, but outside deep, of those two, I'd really have to pull. think about it. That is a deep pull. And you got to give him credit because he was the guy who had the microphone with him, so he was common, He was talking. Yeah. like there's. You could make a case for that because he, he tried in his own way to revolutionize the job of a manager. So you could actually make that case. Yeah, poorly, but you could. Um, so there's those two: Paul Bearer, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, I don't, I don't like Jim Cornette enough yeah. to, to put him up there. Nope. Um, well, even back again, in the day, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and again, like you got to watch his Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express stuff to probably fully appreciate it. Would you? Yeah. Do, do you consider Paul Heyman a manager? Like I wouldn't I consider don't. him on the list. I don't. Yeah, I don't really either. Although I guess, given his last ten years worth of work, he probably ought to be. So that yeah, said, I, I guess he's on there. Yeah, but I go with you know I'm like he you know he call, he even calls himself an advocate. And again, I'm not going to start ranking my Mount Rushmore of advocates. But I consider him. Listen, loyalty. if you're going to make a distinction between advocates and valets, well, I don't even know what you're doing anymore. Okay. I would consider him. Paul Heyman might be up there in terms of a Mount Rushmore of just overall personalities. Paul Heyman might very well be at the top of the list of valets. This is the number one valet in history. It's possible. All right. Um, I don't really care for Jimmy Hart either. He's colorful. He's got a big personality, but I was never really a big fan. Reverend Um, Slick. No. What about the bulldog? <laughs> that counts, right? Matilda. Matilda. I'm fine. Just because I like if valets box, count, if, if, if valets count, then I think then Matilda counts. Going, then why aren't we going with Frankie? Frankie. Coco beware's bird. Because <laughs> Matilda going? was way better. Okay, then why isn't Damien on the list? Oh, Damien. Because Damien spent most of the time in the bag. That's why. Uh, I know I say this frequently, but this might be my favorite episode of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, I don't know, I really would like to have a female on my list. Miss Elizabeth is probably the obvious one. Sherry. Sherry is excellent, but I will never forgive her for her years with Shawn Michaels. (sighs) And singing that theme before Shawn Michaels sang it? Yeah, that was all bad. Having a woman sing the theme badly or having do you, or singing your own theme calling yourself a sexy boy. Well, neither ni- neither is, is is great. Would you put Sonny on that list or was that mm. that not during No. Your time? I and I I mean I technically I guess she was a manager slash valet. I but. suppose Lita technically no. manage the Hardys and Edge and such. But see that's I think that's I think that's our, I think it's honestly the same problem as we have with Paul Heyman is in our minds Paul Heyman was the owner slash promoter of ECW not really owner but you know booker head booker promoter whatever you want to call it so that position trumps everything else it's like it would be like us put saying that Vince McMahon is just an announcer you know what yes. I mean it's not 
I mean, Vince McMahon very well could be on a list of all-time greatest announcers if you're crazy, but he could be on <laughs> no, there, he right? He can't. Right, right. No, he couldn't. But but again, I don't really think of Vince McMahon in that way anymore, although mm-hmm. I'm sure many people do. Um, and so the same point I want to make about Lita and Sonny is I see them more as divas, even though I know – I don't. was Sonny really a wrestler? I know everybody calls her no. the first diva, but no. I, to me, a diva is – a women's was, wrestler. Sunny was the first female talent. She was a manager. She was not. She was Chris Candido's girlfriend. Right. Who, um, I wasn't sure if she ever evolved beyond that role. That's no. all. But what happened was she became a personality because she was there as the internet was taking off. And so she became, you know the most downloaded woman in internet history or in wrestling history back when there was only probably one woman. And then Sable pretty much took that title right away from her. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hmm. but yeah, I, I, you know, and again, we can, Mr. Fuji might be on my list. I like Mr. Fuji and he evolved because he, he, he was also a wrestler. He was a wrestler and then he was a manager with the hat. And, you know, dressed like Odd Job from the Bond movies, and then he went mm-hmm. to managing Yokozuna, and, you know. What about the Reverend Slick? Have I mentioned him yet? You have, several times. You know, it's fun to say, the Reverend Slick. Because he managed Akeem the African Dream. Now, see, Akeem the African Dream, that's fun to say. That is fun to say. Maybe that's why I like saying the Reverend Slick, because it allows me to say Akeem the African Dream. Um... Any uh, single favorite Heenan memory, Heenan quote, any of that before we move on to uh, more modern wrestling? I'm, I don't know if I can pick one. I mean... I go with the one I mention every single time, which is him riding camel. backwards on that camel. That's that's my infection point into wrestling, if that's a term. Um Oh, man, you could mention Johnny Polo. No, no. Nope. <laughs> and and everything he did, just listening to him and Gorilla Monsoon. <clears throat> Who was Curran White's caddy? Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, he's on there. Or the member of the Spirit Squad who didn't <laughs> wrestle much. Because there was Kenny and Nikki and Mikey, and then there was Mitch, and Mitch didn't wrestle a whole lot. Mm. Or you could mm. do an honorary mention for all three members of the Mean Street Posse. But again, might be that's during the time you all right. As much. Show me some mercy. Let's move right. this show along. We'll, we'll move this show along. We do have some topics from the viewers. We have so or the listeners. We have some emails. The neighborhood has spoken. Um, no mercy is a raw pay per view coming up this Sunday. Hell in a Cell is uh, following in a couple of weeks. Um, the match, or the night begins, going in reverse order via Wikipedia, uh, the Intercontinental title will be defended as The Miz takes on new number one contender, Jason Jordan. Is this the night when Jason Jordan finally wins the medium one? Because you can't call the Intercontinental title the big one. Um, well, to answer that question... How long does The Miz need to hold the Intercontinental title to become the number one longest reign of all time? Longer than Sunday. Yeah, but how long, though? Like, is it By long enough days. that it's 
Is it long it's, enough it's that it's possible? Yes. Or? It's doable, but it's not... Um, it's not closing in. No, he just, I believe, took the... The seven-time champion. Holy crap. Um, wait a second. Did I read that right? Sorry. What? The Miz was the number one wrestler of the year in 2011, according to the PWI 500. Okay. Uh, that's that's a crazy stat right there. All right, let me look here. Reigns, list of Intercontinental Champions, combined Reigns. Uh, the Miz is currently at 462 days. He's got another 150 or so to catch Pedro Morales for the top spot. Hmm. So He's number talking. two? No, he's number three. Don Morocco's at 541, so he's got 80 to get to the number two spot, 150 or so to get, you know. So we're talking, if he held it to Mania, he'd do it. And you know, think- even before that, probably the Rumble, we're getting close. I imagine he's going to do it at some point. I think this is the time. They've already invested this many days into this reign. Oh, wait, are you saying cumulative of all time or single reign? No, cumulative all time. Uh, He's nowhere uh, 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 near the Honky Tonk Man, if that's what you're asking. Um, Yeah, I am. Because the Honky Tonk Man in one reign held it for 454 days. The Miz with his seven reigns is at 462. He just passed Honky Tonk Man a week ago. I see. So he's going to go for greatest intercontinental champion because he's held the belt longer than anyone else while also losing it a lot. I see, I see. Okay, in which case... Yeah, it, it could be Jason Jordan's time. My only hesitation is that the storyline seems to be that Jason's going to turn, like, Jason's frustrated already. Winning the Intercontinental title resets that, and I would think they would want to lean into that a bit more. So are you going with Jordan? I'm going with Miz. I think Miz retains. He's, he's, yeah. got, he's got the Miz Taraj there. It's not a gimmick match. I think The Miz probably retains, but I'll say Jason Jordan just to be different. Okay. Damn it. I hate when I do this. All right. Uh, the next one is now a fatal... I don't know why WWE suddenly fell in love with fatal five-way matches. Um, but because they're hot. Yeah, but they do it for everybody. I don't know what happened to fatal four-way, but now Bailey has made her return... Um, so it is Sasha, Alexa, Bailey, Nia, and Emma in a fatal five-way match to determine the new women's champion. Do we see a new title holder? Does the hot potato continue? Absolutely. Or, or does Alexa Bliss manage to retain? Nope. So we just we just watched the go home show, and conspicuous in her absence from the entire women's uh interaction on that show i think is our new raw women's champion and that would be emma damn it doc i was gonna pick emma. i can't i, like, I can't I bet like, against know, emma in a championship match i, I love was like, emma. you know what there is no possible reason why she should win which is why she will yeah maybe was she because on the raw four, the other four are so i I don't believe so. There was the a match f- between Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, right? Nia beat Alexa Bliss, or no? I remember Something, seeing since Sasha with, and Bailey. 
We're in the Bailey ring with Alexa. Return. Bailey made a return. Bailey and Sasha and Alexa took out Nia. Alexa tried to celebrate with them. Right, and they right. Yeah, but, no. But Alexa Emma was nowhere Nia. to be seen. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I'm going with it because you can make a case for the other four to get in each other's way and you know, all of those sorts of things. And it's it's just that weird enough to probably happen. So I do believe Emma is going to be the new women's champion. And it'll be nice because it'll it's fresh blood. There's all sorts of possibilities you can go from there. Now, I don't have a problem with the fact that Charlotte is back in the SmackDown women's title picture just to switch shows for a second. But, uh, you know, it's I do see why people are like, oh, come on, you were going in new directions. And I'm like, no, they weren't. Naomi and Becky Lynch is not a new direction. No, not at all. So, um, do you think they put the belt on Emma solely so Asuka can take it from her? Is that the other reason you're making this selection? Like, Asuka the Terminator? is Maybe. Because if Asuka beats Emma for it, it doesn't demean any of the other talents right away. Emma can take the loss. I guess that's one way of looking at it, but I think that's what you're saying more than what I was saying. Okay, I'm just asking. Yeah. Does Asuka win the women's title in her first match on Raw? I don't know. Probably not. Does she lose before winning the title? I doubt it. No, I think so, too. I think she shows up and is just the same. We we have the same thing we had in NXT. All right. I think so. Speaking of NXT, former NXT champion and current cruiserweight champion, Neville. Enzo Amore. Taking on Enzo Amore uh, for the cruiserweight title. I was told that I should watch 205 Live because the interaction between Enzo and Neville was quite good and kind of established their characters a bit. I don't know if I believe that. It does come from a source I respect, so... I'm but, sure it was good, but I mean, don't aren't there some people who would say all of Enzo's interactions are usually pretty good? This is not someone who you know who who is drinking the Enzo sauce. This is uh, gross. It's a bad picture. Ah, apparently, WWE ah, my brain, my brain, ah, ah, DC. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. Enzo ah! sauce. Ah! You know what you say Gross. after you've had some Enzo sauce? No. What? That's Amore. That's Gross. That's, that is terrible. Move along. Move just whatever you were going to say. Just Let's just try to get this out of my head. Let's go. I, Come on. I was going to say that I think WWEshop.com is selling Enzo sauce. In a can. <laughs> How long do you think it takes him to fill a bottle? Knowing him, not that long. He's kind of, you know. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. Now that I've made myself sick. Okay. Although, actually, that was you. I'm vomiting. Uh, does Enzo win the Cruiserweight title? Yes. So you, you're picking three title changes already. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I say no, but I think he would. I don't think this feud is over, 
So I think Neville retains, but I do think Enzo wins it at some point in the future. Mm. Now I got to look it up and see if I was right. Enzo sauce? Uh, what is Enzo sauce? I'm looking it up. Hold on. Um, oh, I probably should. I should probably shouldn't just search for sauce on Twitter. It's not going to end well. <laughs> not gonna end the way you think it is anyways well yeah um <clears throat> let me see yeah supposedly wwe shop updates which posts all the new things uh a can of enzo or murray muscles marinara with meatballs get the sauce i will retweet you this i'm good oh no it's happening uh, uh. you're welcome um will you watch that match? Yeah. Be good. Alright. Just ask. Uh next up. What, you think it won't be good? I Neville's gonna make everything I again I have You're not gonna watch that match? I will watch that match, but Well I didn't know if I had scared you off of it talking about Enzo sauce, so like Well, when uh, I found out it was a marinara, we're back to being okay. If it had been an Alfredo there would have been problems. Fair enough. Uh, the mortal Finn Balor taking on Bray Wyatt. What did you think of Dustin Rhodes? Did you get? Were you awake I enough did. to watch that? I liked it. It was fine. I'm not sure it really means anything. No, like they it wanted it to. But I enjoy. Oh, what I thought was funny is that we've totally dropped the whole gold dust is a heel doing his shattered dreams thing. Like that went by the wayside right quick. Well. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying. No. <clears throat> Perfectly um, good thing. While we're on the subject of the Rhodes family, uh, WWE is booking some November WWE live event. I don't believe it's going to be televised, but they're calling it Starcade, which is the name of the WCW World Championship Wrestling's flagship pay-per-view. Starcade was there, WrestleMania, and in fact, it existed before WrestleMania. Um <clears throat> Do you have a problem with this? Are you insulted on behalf of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes? No. If anything, it's probably being done to honor him. And, you know, they own the rights to all the WCW stuff, so why wouldn't they exercise those rights of right. a thing that they bought? I'm all for it. I wish. I, I mean, hope it'll it would be, be on one thing. But honestly, it would be one thing if, like, you know, Dusty Rhodes and them had had a bad, tumultuous relationship, but. Admittedly, all things are not kosher with all of the roads in WWE right now. Well, and those are the only people who supposedly have a problem with it, are the non-kosher roads. Cody yeah. and Brandy, and actually the wife was more upset than Cody was. Cody, but, actually, if you've listened to him in several interviews, he's gone out of his way to be very generous in his opinions that he vocalizes towards the WWE. Which is, so, which is why I'm asking this question, which is where I was wanting to go with this. Do you think we could live in a world where on a non-televised house show, WWE could work out some sort of deal on a one that, because people are talking, it's going to be in North Carolina, so they're like, wouldn't it be great if it was the Rhodes Brothers reuniting to take on the Hardys for the main event of Starcade? Do you think we could ever see that, where Cody Rhodes, yes. independent superstar, signs like a one-day contract to wrestle for WWE again? Absolutely. I think so, too. They have all sorts of contracts with all these people who are in all their 
you know, tournaments and classics they've been doing these last few years where they show up for very limited times. Yeah. I totally see them being completely open to that. I, I think so, too. I think this is something that could totally happen, and if they wanted to, they could make it even a total surprise so it's not advertised, it's just he shows up. Now, the only thing I think is strange, though, is you saying that this Starcade event is not televised because... Currently. Correct, but I sort of feel like if you're going to go out of your way to brand a show, I can't imagine they're not going to put it at least on the network, right? I mean, I'm, assume, I'm assuming it will be. WWE also released some survey or, the other day I mean, to certain fans, and televised house shows was a thing on the survey if people wanted to see those. So again, I mean, either they are, they have been saying that you know they want to figure out a way to get house show attendance up. And I mean that's a way to do it, right? You you, you start naming and publicizing these shows yeah. and telling people they're not going to be televised. You're, you want to come and see the special show, you got to come and see it in person. I mean, I guess that could pack yeah. houses potentially. Well, you're doing it in North Carolina. So you're in the heart of Flair country doing Starcade, a WCW aka Ric Flair thing. So, you know, either they're not going to televise it so that you potentially could have surprise appearances by people who might not be able legally to appear on WWE television or this is the start of something new and you know maybe they do decide to televise it I'm all for it I'm excited I hope I do get to see it um, and I hope Cody does get to be a part of it because I don't think he's as offended as he's making it out to be I'm, I'm starting to think this is a little bit of subterfuge on their part a little bit of theater yes some theater Theatre. Uh, speaking of theatre, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. They're wrestling again, this time without face paint. Which means there's less theatre. There is a little less theatre. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I, I, let, me, let me put it this way. You, you took something that I wasn't interested in, and you made it less interesting. Fair enough. Right. I'm interested, but again, there's no way Finn Balor loses this unless, and people are like, well, maybe the Wyatt family returns. I'm like, you can't just bring back the Wyatt family all the time. Like, I understand that Eric Rowan and Luke Harper aren't doing anything, but I do feel like you cannot go back to that well again. No, I think it would have to be different guys. Correct. If you're going to reform the Wyatt family, it needs to be different guys. Needs to be. If you were going to, and I don't know why you would do this, but if you were going to say, okay, the authors of Pain, Akum and Rezar, are the new members of the Wyatt family, and they come down. Paul Ellering disappears. It's Akum and Rezar. They come down. They take out Finn Balor, and it's Bray Wyatt and his new family. Okay. If you want to bring me new guys, fine. But yeah, if it's Harper and Rowan and I love Luke Harper. I do too. It doesn't make any sense. Nope. Um, I'm assuming I'm writing you down for Balor, but I want confirmation. Or do you not care enough to make a production? That's fine too. Whatever. Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, whatever. Give me the one that you're not predicting. How about that? Okay. Then I'll put you down for Bray Wyatt. (laughs) I'm going, I've, I've learned my lesson. There is no reason, and again, this is kind of the opposite of why I predicted Emma. There is no reason for Bray Wyatt to win this match. And part of me believes that's why he should, but he won't. No, Finn Balor. Um, 
the tag team titles. I, I forgot who the tag team champions were. I assumed yeah. it was the Hardys. They're bad. Uh, I don't care that people are like excited about them reforming this tag team and all that. They are so forgettable. I don't understand. As a I watched some backstage segment that they did, and like Dean was, it was like Dean was on speed. He was like jumping up and down, and he was excited, and he was talking really fast, and Seth was just staring at him, and I'm like, I don't understand what your dynamic is now. Like, are you just back to being best friends? Are you an odd couple? What, yeah, what, what no, they're happening? best friends. Okay. Isn't that boring? I don't know. Brothers I... fight, but they always get back together or something. I forget what he said on Raw this week, well, but it was just the having, corniest, only... stupidest line I've ever heard of. Being an only child, I don't know if I, I can agree with that, but have you reunited with your brother after every fight? No. Have you had any fights? You could say that. Okay. We won't we won't dive into it. I don't want to go into Manson family therapy. But uh all right. Um but yes, they're taking on Seamus and Cesaro. I just again, I'm trying to be the Pope of Positivity. I enjoyed the story of the reunion, and I have not been watching with enough fidelity to really pass judgment on this. But in both brands, I'm like it's I feel like it's literally the same teams and it's been the same teams forever. And I guess that was the case back when it was the Usos and Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. They only have three or four teams and they just kind of washing machine us through them. But we're going to see Ambrose and Rollins versus Sheamus and Cesaro. On paper, I like that because I like three of the four wrestlers in that match. Which but one don't you like? Dean Ambrose. Hmm. And even he's not, I don't dislike him. I just kind of tolerate him with his flippy-dippy clothesline and crazy sort of thing. See, I like the sort of thing, but I don't like the rebound lariat. It's one of the sloppiest-looking moves, I think, in the WWE today. Well, and you go back and you watch, and I think you've mentioned this before, when the shield was a thing, he was much more methodical. He was almost surgical in his... Like, I want that guy. Me too. I don't want crazy oh look at me i'm gonna dive and oh you just i'm coming this way oh come back this way and though i could pull off a rebound lariat in this chair well i might fall over i don't think you would rebound the way that you think that you would <laughs> um thank you for listening to ddt wrestling this week i have to go cut on the ambulance uh do we get new tag champs um no Yeah, I I don't. I'm gonna say Ambrose and Rollins retain. But again, I I don't know where you know. For a lot of these things, like Finn Balor's gonna beat Bray Wyatt, and then probably ascend to either the Intercontinental Title or the Universal Title. I don't understand what happens with the tag team division. Like, have we seen Ambrose and Rollins versus the Hardys? I suppose we haven't. Like, not a feud. Maybe I, the Wyatt family can come back. I, hey, I, I'm kind of into the Authors of Pain being Bray Wyatt's new lackeys. Right. I like. I'm like he could, you know, explain why they're named Ockham and Razar. Like he could talk about that, not make any sense. That's, 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 that he totally can do that. 
I think he should just rename them. They can be like Tucker and Otis Dale. Tucker and Otis, like heavy machinery. Sure, that's fine too. <laughs> your bull and your Gebsy. There you and go. I'm sad. I miss that guy. I miss you, Bullfit. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Two more matches now, and both of these again. I'm sure we will hear a hundred times WrestleMania caliber main events. John Cena, Roman Reigns, first time ever. Doc Manson says, drum roll please. Word life. This is basic thugonomics. John Cena wins. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to go with and This never works out when I predict something other than just picking one or the two of them. I don't think the match actually happens. I think this is... Oh, no, it's happening. It's going to be a giant brawl or something. There's only seven matches on this card, including a supposed pre-show. This match is happening. Have they said which of these matches is going on the pre-show? I would assume the Cruiserweights, because they always are on the pre-show. I would assume so. And possibly the Intercontinental Championship, if I could talk. Is anyone missing from this list? Probably. Like, I'm looking at the roster, and unless we're going to see a random, like, Hardys versus the club or Hardys versus Axel and Bo Dallas, like, most of the major players on Raw are here, I suppose. Mm. Interesting. I'm probably, I know I'm wrong, but I, I think the story would be best if Roman just snapped and took out Cena and Cena has to go away for a while. But, yeah, I don't think it makes any sense for Roman. Roman Reigns goes on a losing streak that lasts until at least the Rumble. I would think so. All right. That brings us to our main event. Brock Lesnar. Versus Braun Strowman. Very good. That's our main event. Um, what do you think? Brock Lesnar. Do you? Yeah. You don't entertain a possibility that no. Braun Strowman could shock the world? Nope. I want to believe it. I Let me put it this way. World. In the past, back in this show, I think I got pretty good at saying... You know, predicting at times the 0% chance of something happening. I was never wrong when I said something had a 0% chance of happening. Not once was I wrong. In this particular case, I will say I'm not comfortable giving a 0% chance to this one, but I am going to put it at like 5 or 10%. Like, it's, I think it's incredibly unlikely. I won't guarantee it, but it seems unlikely. I have to agree. I'm sorry. I want to say Braun Strowman. I want to say this is a watershed moment that you know changes the balance of draw forever but those those things never happen if they were going to do that it would say to me that they were really interested in trying to get braun Strowman to be the face of the company this guy who sort of oddly and organically has become this huge fan favorite if I really thought that there was somebody in the WWE listening that wanted to try that, I would say, Braun Strowman, this is the moment. But realistically speaking, Raw is Raw is currently about, just as it has been for the last three years, the Roman Reigns redemption story. Yes. It's all in service of Roman Reigns. And Braun Strowman, although they although I will say Braun Strowman has had an incredible series of matches with Roman Reigns. I think there are some people who would like to say they have one of the best feuds of the current era, perhaps, going between those two superstars. They'd like, they could see them going back and forth for the next 
10 years or five years anyways, right? Um, so, I mean, the, to an extent, Braun Strowman is up there, but I don't really think anybody is interested in deviating from the Roman Reigns plan. Not really. No, I think you're right. And I just, I think, my problem is, do if Brock Lesnar wins, does that stop Braun's momentum in a terrible way? No. I suppose it's hot. Brock's not going to manhandle him the way he manhandled New Day or even Big Show. No. Like, Brock Lesnar will pull one out by the skin of his teeth and might have to cheat to do it. And all right. Yep. All right. I'm fair. I'm okay with it when it's that. Um, all right. So that takes you ballpark your excitement level for this Sunday night. How excited are you to sit down and put on WWE network to watch this show? It jumps to 70% if GQ comes. Yeah, um, I would say I'm about sixty percent. I think I'm about sixty percent because again, it feels like it's a long time, and when you're not watching regularly, uh, in, at least not in the traditional way, there will be something novel about sitting down and putting on WWE Network and being able to just watch it unfold like that. So I would say sixty, seventy percent just on its own. Um, all right, anything from the SmackDown end of things? Jinder Mahal apparently cut a weird promo. Yeah, I kind of did want to talk about that. Go for it. Is, is everyone talking about that? Should I not talk about that? I don't that? know. I'm, I try. I love NAI Pod, which I consider to be one of the elite wrestling podcasts. I try not to listen to it before we talk because I feel like if I do, I wind up saying, well, I heard on this. And as they said on this. So I try to give us fresh conversation. Um, I don't think so. I think people okay. are talking about it in the man, Jinder Mahal, it's hard to watch, and man, I can't wait for this India tour to be over so that Shinsuke can win the title at Hell in a Cell. Um, but what is your take? I would love to hear the Doc Manson take. Basically, I don't really think... Okay. I've been... I, honestly, my take is this my take that I've had for a long time. We've said for a long time... We don't need heels to take that, you know, anti-American or foreign stance anymore. It just doesn't work in this day and age. Yep. And just along those lines, like I don't think there's place for a, a place for racism, blatant racism, anymore. Um, I, I don't think you can reasonably write that segment and expect to just deliver it and say. <laughs> shrug wrestling it is what it is guys <laughs> right am i right am i right what did you expect it's a wrestling show <laughs> like that doesn't that doesn't cut it that mm -hmm. like i don't think as a wrestling fan and you know i know people will say there's no such thing as a smart mark and whatever har 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 uh i like to think of myself as a fairly intelligent um progressive modern day sort of individual and i gotta tell you if they're gonna show me that kind of entertainment week to week uh, I probably would not watch your product at all. So I certainly hope that this is not the start of a trend. I think the response by WWE is interesting because... It's very weird, actually. The, the, the statement that they said, I'm going to read it. Quote, 
Just like many other TV shows or movies, WWE creates programming with fictional personalities that incorporates real-world issues and sensitive subjects. As a producer of such TV shows, WWE Corporate is committed to embracing and celebrating individuals from all backgrounds, as demonstrated by the diversity of our employees, performers, and fans worldwide. End quote. That's okay. Two different now. Now, granted, that takes up two different lines, but that's two different comments. That's that's one comment that says, you know, sometimes we get real in our stuff, even though it's fictional. But then in the other one, it says we're not racist. Look, um, I Doc think Man, that's. I just want to point out. I just want to point out. Doc Manson sat up for this. He was slouching in his chair. He was disappearing from view as he is wont to do. He actually sat up. He has taken us to school right now. Sit up, children. The good doctor has something to say. Um, that's an insulting response because it was a racist thing to write. And even if it is a fictional show, um... I don't know if they're aware of this. I don't think so because as that statement shows, I think they're they're reacting in a relatively tone-deaf sort of way. Um, even if this is fictional, I'm not sure that there is an opportunity for this type of fiction anymore. Um, let me give you an example, okay? Um, I went to go see It, the movie, last week, and I think we talked about that on... DC and Doc Doc. We did. Currently and available that was an, on the NAI Wrestling Network. That was an excellent movie set during the 1980s. Of course, it's based on Stephen King's book. So they updated the time period from the 1950s to the 1980s, um, sort of modernized the tale a little bit. Um, but the thing that struck out to me, I don't think I've talked about this anywhere else, but there's a uh, there's one of the main characters in that show. His name is Mike. Mike is an African American kid. He's probably about 13 years old, and you know all the members of the Losers Club are tormented by this sort of psychotic uh, bully. Uh, I'm forgetting his name, Henry maybe, um, or Henry's I think is the last name. But anyway, it's not important the bully's name. But in that movie, there are a couple of different scenes in which Mike is bullied by the, these town bullies. And, you know, it's pr- it, it, it has this, this feeling as though it's supposed to be a very, you know, serious scene. And you can imagine, you know, white kids bullying a black kid during the 1980s, the sorts of language and things that might have actually been used during that time period. Um, they don't go there in this movie at all. The extent of the bullying basically is they push him down and say, we don't want you in our town. And like that's that is like literally like direct quote for what these bullies say to this kid. And you know, if I had to say anything, I mean I do think that's maybe a little watered down. You want to talk about whitewashing to a degree? Like I understand that term tends to have a very different meaning, but you know, that that is revisionist history right there. Writing a line like that and being like, oh, yeah, that's what a black kid in the 80s had to put up with was just being told to get out of our town. No, he had to hear a whole hell of a lot worse than that. But my point here is this is a fictional movie. Nobody's going to confuse this with reality. It's not a live television show. It's not a guy out there in a in a medium where people frequently, you know, mistake characters and actors that 
explanation has no water here because, again, purely fictional movie based on a book. It even has the groundings. You could say it's an old book. It's, it's actually based on the 1950s. They could have used any sort of language they wanted to. And they completely just dodged that bullet because whether you think that's smart or not, like I said, it's a, to me, it's a degree of whitewashing. It's revisionist history. And it, it sort of lessens the impact of what, you know, if you're trying to depict what these kids, what a kid like that might have actually had to go through in that time frame, I agree. It's not an accurate representation. But I think it is a sign of the times that that sort of thing is not palatable to modern audiences at all. And so they chose to maybe wisely step around it. Um, and I just, I think the WWE should realize that they have plenty of other ways of generating heat, that this is not one that continues to be appropriate. It should be retired. I'm inclined to agree. I'm inclined to agree. Um, I, I find the fact that people gave were criticizing gender, that this was reflective of why nope. gender's run was terrible. Nope. I have Nothing no to do problem. with gender. Exactly. Exactly. No problem with gender. I have a problem with whoever wrote this. You want to tell I have me a serious problem went, with whoever wrote that script. You, you want to tell me that gender went out there and just ad-libbed it? I'm going to call you a liar because he's not that talented. Um, so. Well, I won't even go that far. I don't know if he's that talented or not, but I don't think he wrote it for a second. Well... And I think the corporate not, response, it. It the corporate response, yes, proves that that's not the case. Because if he had gone into business for himself and gone out there and said something yes, like that, would they would have thrown him under the bus. Yes, we would have heard about it had this been off the cuff. Um, yeah, I know that WWE is starting to edge more PG thirteen. I suppose they're edging Roman the, Reigns is, the Roman wrong Reigns direction, is cursing on TV and things. But this, you know, Vince McMahon bled last week, uh, but this was the wrong way to go. Yeah. All right. Um, we got some topics. Uh, I want to save one of them. Um, our good buddy Che would like you to walk us through some classic B horror movies to watch on the road to Halloween. That to me is a DC and doc talk for a future episode. So I'm tabling that. Oh, one. Okay. Um, All right. Che also, although actually, I think if we go to our email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com, um, good evening, guys. Don't know if you would discuss this tonight or leave it till DC and Doc Talk, but with Halloween fast approaching, I want to ask you what is your both, what both, which is your favorite older time universal monster or film? Thanks as always. And that is from Glenn at GA WrestleNut. Again, tabling that. For a, I, I want you You're to be tabling able to, this one too. Yes, that's it. This we, is just literally name a movie. Well, you can do that if you want to, but I'm no. Okay. I, I do want you to kind of plan this out again. We we did this on the last episode of DC and Doc Talk, kind of a beginner's introduction to Stephen King books. I think that would warrant a good conversation, as I don't watch horror movies. You know, there are plenty of other people out there who might have only seen kind of the, you know, the big names, the Blair Witch, the Freddy Krueger, all of that sort of thing. You might be able to kind of teach a little course on other movies for people to look out for on the way towards Halloween, which is in a five weeks or so. Well, OK, I could do that. But Che's question was, what are some of the classics? I'm not going to go and give him the out of the way movies when he's asking me about the classics. No, no, that's that's what Glenn's question was. 
No, Glenn's question was your favorite Universal monster. The Universal monsters are very specifically uh, Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula, Gilman, and uh, the Mummy. Um, The the classic Universal monsters. Mm -hmm. He's very specifically just asking about those. Che's question was, let me go back and get the actual question, because, again, you like to argue semantics with me. I'm not arguing semantics. I'm I'm answering the question. I am answering the question that was asked. (laughs) I'm a scientist, sir. Let me see. What classic... Oh. Oh, it's literally the second word. I wrote it down right, too. What classic B-horror movies? All right. Yes, I suppose he does say classic. Which is actually a less, I will say, no offense, Che, that is a less interesting question than the one that you posed because everybody knows the classics. Well, thank you. I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to give you carte blanche. Really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you to pitch the show that you should be pitching for NAI Pop coming October 1st, which is you taking some time to talk about these movies that you love dearly, that a lot of people should be watching. Well, well, the problem is I have nobody to talk to about them. I will talk with you about them. But you don't watch any of them, so you're not going to have anything to say. There are plenty of people in the neighborhood who will probably be conversing. Have you reached out to Liam like I suggested? I bet you haven't. I have not, and you know why? Because you like to be approached. You don't like doing the approaching. (laughs) I know exactly why. I've known you long enough. You want someone to reach out to you and go, I need you. You don't want to need anybody. I don't need anybody. I don't know what you're talking about, DC. I'm fine by myself. I'm fine. (laughs) Che's other question. Is WWE's roster too deep with the likes of Sami Zayn, Luke Harper, Mike Bennett, Brizango, Samoa Joe not getting real TV time? Now, to be fair, we've talked about Mike Kanellis um, being in rehab. Samoa Joe is legitimately injured. But it's a good question. Does WWE have too much talent right now? Yeah, no, no. However, that was the best answer ever. That was exactly what I I, wanted. I mean, yes, but but only yes, because they they listen, 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 folks. I love the WWE. We watch it every week in our household. I I subscribe to the WWE Network for nine ninety nine a month. I, 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 I love and I, I, I love their product, except for when it's racist. But outside of that, I do like it. But they write garbage trash television that could be way dense, more densely packed and, and, and could better feature this, this deeper roster that, that they have. So, but, but I say... But I, but I know that, and I know that they'll never actually, you know, feature everybody. So, so I guess, I guess maybe the roster is too deep because real, it's 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 unrealistic of me to expect them to be better, given the track record that they've given, right? So for me to say no, no, it's not a problem. That's that's foolish of me, because realistically. They could never actually use all these people. They've proven that, right? So, theoretically, it's not too deep. 
like you should have as much talent as you could possibly have, and that's great. And they do have the time to use them all. I'm convinced of that. But given that they won't, I, I mean, I guess yeah, too deep. DC WWE as a see. This is why I like asking you these questions because you talk. And you have to do all your thinking while also talking. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here ruminating and formulating my response so that when, you know, but it's, it's just, I, it's fascinating to watch you think out loud. That's what it is. So Stream it is. of consciousness. I, I love it. Um, WWE as a sports entertainment company is too deep. And that's what, that's what made, that made me think of it. They're writing, as you called it, garbage trash television because they firmly believe that this garbage trash television is what people actually want to see. For those of us who might want a more wrestling-based show, no. You can't have enough talent on a wrestling-based show. Like, give me more, give me more, give me longer, give me extra. Send some of these people to NXT. Do like, you know, they could have ways to utilize this talent. But because they are producing a television show that is supposed to be more like a soap opera or more like a traditional show, yes, you're not going to use... They They don't see the value in using Sami Zayn until he wins the Royal Rumble and wrestles Kevin Owens for the Universal title, or the world title at WrestleMania. But they're, they're, you're focusing on Aiden English and not Luke Harper. That hurts me deep down. See, that's what I'm talking about. Um, you can fire Aiden English. Aiden English does not need to be on another episode of SmackDown. Yes. I have nothing against Aiden English. He's a fine performer, and he's a lovely singer. He has a lovely voice. He does. But but he doesn't... With, with this type of roster, he doesn't need to be there. We, Elias Sampson. Sampson, he's, he's doing great. He really stepped it up since he came up from NXT. He really he, did. He, he looks like he, he's, he's, he's doing so well. I do not ever need to see him on my television again. Yes. Like, they, they, they are seemingly purposefully writing, using people that I personally am not invested in. That doesn't mean that nobody is interested, but there is room for all of this talent that you're talking about. Just you have to make some different choices. Yeah, and that's it. If you know, and again, WWE's always going to have too much talent. Like they're going to sign these wrestlers, and they're not going to be able to use them all as much as we would like them to. Many people would love Cesaro to be Universal Champion someday. That is not going to happen. We should be no. great. We're happy that he's a tag team champion. We're happy that he is a featured performer. But right I mean, now. in all fairness, Cesaro is featured weekly on television right now. So yes, he's not even somebody that we're really talking about in no. this scenario. You know, but but there are people who are going to be fans of everybody. There are people who like our truth and would like to see our truth do more. There are people who are fans of Dana Brooke or Summer Rae or Alicia Fox who would like to see them more. Paige is at the Performance Center beginning to train for her return to the ring. People are going to want to see that, but that's going to come at the expense of somebody else. And yes, wouldn't it be great if WWE put an actual real-life poll out there and we voted on it, and if we don't want to see the hype bros anymore, they go away. They can stay. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> so, so yes. Is it too deep? I, th I think you're right. Yes and no. I think that makes total sense. But uh, mostly yes. The last thing. Our resident meteorologist would like you to talk about the first law of thermodynamics. Okay. But I'm not sure she really wants me to talk about it. Well, I think she wants you to talk about it. No. She has an exam coming up. She wants you to talk about it. Um, no. I, I, I think she up. should read her book. I looked it up briefly. Uh, I believe it has something to do with the conservation of energy. Am I correct there? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the extent of me talking about it. So if you'd like to add some more, you're certainly welcome to. Like, I can go back and look through it again, but I'm just going to be reading, you know. I'm not a scientist, Doc Manson. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am not a scientist. I, I, I can't really remember. It's been a long time since I've had physical chemistry. Uh, it's first law like is delta. what? Energy is conserved in a system? The formula looks to be, I believe, it's a triangle, which I assume is delta. Delta yeah, U equals Q minus W. Okay. So the heat added, subtract the work done, equals the change, I'm assuming. Okay, sure. Sounds right, right? I think, if I recall, it's like... Energy is conserved within a system, which is basically a way of saying energy in is equal to energy out. Like, you can't destroy energy. I think that's all first law stuff, mm -hmm. I think. But it's been a while, so. Yeah. The internal energy of a closed system is equal to the amount of heat supplied minus the amount of work done. There you go, Miss Jennifer Nailon. That's as much as I'm giving you. Read your textbook. Good luck! I'm glad I never have to take another one of those classes ever again. That's something to be positive about. So give me your wrestling-based piece of positivity for the week. Mm, wrestling positivity for the week. Well, I go first really... while you think. Yeah, yeah. I've been starting to watch some primetime wrestling due to the passing of Bobby the Brain Heenan. The matches are pretty bad, but watching Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon together is great. And the second one, which hasn't happened yet, is there is a match on NXT, which is going to be Red Dragon versus Mustache Mountain. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. I'm very much looking forward to that. I believe you mean the Undisputed Era? Yeah, uh, Red Dragon. I don't like that name. I believe sense. you mean the undis. I believe you mean two thirds of the undisputed era. Whatever, it's going to be a good match. Mm. Do you have one? You can say no. You can take a pass. I mean, I guess I'll give it to. It's not even really new this week, but I'll give it to the Oscar teaser um, from Raw. I'm looking forward to having more Oscar in my life. They're building it up. It's going to be big. I hope so. Although. Part of me sort of thinks she's just going to come in and lose her first match, and that's going to be that. But um, I really hope it's not the case. I can fully embrace the Pope of Positivity here. She will be undefeated until she wins the title. Whether or not how they do the first loss is going to be a big deal. You can't be undefeated in NXT, immediately come up to WWE, 
and lose. I'm firm in that. She will have Kevin Owens-style treatment. She will be the female equivalent of Kevin Owens. I do think she could win the title her first night out, especially if Emma is champion. Especially if Emma is champion. All right. All right. Thank you, as always, Neighborhood. For That'd be a good us. match. That would be a good match. It be was a very good match, match in NXT when we saw it, I believe. Yeah, it was. I think that might be the sweaty match. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that's the sweaty match. Oh, man. There's I'm going to go look that up. He's going back to rewatch that. All right, Neighborhood. Thank you very much for joining us on another episode of DDT Wrestling. We will come back to the horror conversation, perhaps on this week's episode of DC and Doc Talk, which we do need to record, by the way. Um, or we don't have to, but we should. <laughs> yeah, true. All right. Anything else you would like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? No. Nah. <laughs> DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Leave us a review on iTunes. Send us some topics to converse about. And until we meet again, my friends, enjoy No Mercy this Sunday. We will see you around the neighborhood.